This is Live Well Talk on atrial fibrillation and left atrial appendage closure. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at St. Luke's Hospital, Unity Point Health. Left atrial appendage closure uh, is a big word uh, or, or is several words and kind of uh, a complicating or uh, confusing words to throw out with atrial fibrillation. And joining me today to talk about atrial fibrillation and to sort through all these confusing terms is a friend and colleague, Dr. Arif Ben Abdulak, uh, interventional cardiologist and medical director of St. Luke's Structural Heart Disease Program. Welcome. Thank you. That was a lot to say in the, in the beginning there, you know, uh, and so uh, let's start off with describing to our listeners, what is structural heart disease versus heart disease and what does that mean? Thanks for having me. Uh, happy always to be with you and explaining some of the most complex terminology that we use in cardiology. Structural heart disease is a, is a branch of interventional cardiology when we are dealing with the structure of the heart rather than only the functions. And the structure of the heart may involve the valve and may involve other structures, not necessarily the valve. Like one of them is the left atrial appendage that we will be talking about today. The second one is the interatrial septum. It's just the connection between the left upper chamber and the right upper chamber. That's the interatrial septum. Sometimes there are some defects there that the interventional slash structural cardiologists are dealing with closing them or sometimes creating a hole to treat some sort of heart disease. But the left atrial appendage is a, simply a pouch located in the left upper chamber of the heart. And this is most of the time in people with atrial fibrillation or atrial flutter, blood clot is formed there and migrate to different parts of the body, predominantly the brain, causing the stroke. Well, and let's talk about that. You know, I've been in practice 25 years. I've had this conversation many times with patients about blood thinners. And when you talk to a patient, they're like, well... I would rather die than have a half a stroke and be disabled and my family, uh, depend on my family to have to take care of me. You know, people put their family first. Uh, and so you have those conversations. But with this procedure you're talking about, there, there's a possibility they won't need to be on anticoagulation, correct? That's right. In fact, you are absolutely right. Just an hour ago, I'm in the clinic today. I have heard exactly the same statement from one of my patients where he said, I would rather die than having a stroke. And yeah. he used in a blood thinner for, I think, 15 years. But recently, he has been to the emergency department several times with nosebleed. And now he's exploring the potential of having the left atrial appendage closed. And that's what we discussed today. The blood thinner is the standard of care to minimize the risk of a stroke, not to eliminate, though, the risk of stroke in somebody with atrial fibrillation. But a lot of people out there, they do not tolerate the blood thinner predominantly because of the bleeding problem. And the bleeding can be a head bleed, can be a bowel bleed, can be a stomach bleed, can be a nose bleed. And sometimes the bleeding can be fatal. And those are the most common reason patients with atrial fibrillation flutter being on blood thinner, intolerant of the blood thinner due to the bleeding, they refer to the structural cardiologist or an electrophysiologist for the consideration of left atrial appendage closure, which is mainly putting a device in the left atrial appendage to eliminate that structure out of the bloodstream and again to minimize the risk 
of stroke and other thromboembolic manifestation oh. like bowel um, gangrene or leg gangrene and not to eliminate though, but they work. Studies have shown that the left atrial appendage closure with devices like Watchman Flex or the new coming device, Emily device, they do as good as the blood thinner in minimizing the risk of stroke and bowel ischemia and leg ischemia, but they are not necessarily associated with the same risk of bleeding. And in fact, they have been associated with risk, risk of bleeding because patients are not in a blood thinner after some period of time after the device, they would need to be in a blood thinner for just short period of time. Then they might be in an aspirin for the rest of their life and the bleeding risk is definitely lower. And just to give an idea, so I have all the trauma alerts coming to my phone, your cath lab alerts. I know when you guys are coming in to save someone's life. And you know, I, there's two or three a day, trauma alert, uh, female fall on blood thinners. You know, so, so it's not just the patient and the lab work. There's other stuff that people on blood thinners, it's, it takes up tremendous resources. And even with the newer ones, you don't have to check an INR. It still takes up resources. So, so this is a big deal if we can do these procedures and eliminate people that have to be a chronic blood thinners. Absolutely. In fact, they are, they are a big deal of a procedure and they would need a special training. They would need a special expertise. And proudly, we are the only center in Cedar Rapids area performing such complex procedures that like the left atrial appendage closure. Now, so do you actually close it or do you fill it? Uh, good question. Um, we, the intent is to close it by filling it with a device that will eliminate that bouch out of the bloodstream. And over time, the device hopefully will get integrated into the heart tissue and then there will be no blood going into that bout. So we are sort of eliminating that bout out of the bloodstream. Okay, got it. And and just for the listeners, it's that blood, you know, what happens to blood when it quits moving? It clots. And that's what happens when it gets caught in atrial appendage and it just circulates and clots. So that's, we want to. So I, I, now you, I know, I know, because I know you, uh, you did special training this, but tell us about your special training uh, for these procedures. Sure. So uh, I have done my general cardiology, my master's degree in clinical investigation from the public health, and my intervention cardiology at the University of Iowa Hospital and Clinic, which is something I'm always proud of. And during my interventional cardiology training, I was trained also in the structural heart disease procedure, but I felt there is a need that I would have to spend one additional year of training going to somewhere else that they will specifically train me for the structural heart disease procedure, like the left atrial appendage closure, like the mitral clip procedure, and similar other procedure involving the mitral valve, and like the TAVR, which is the transcatheter aortic valve replacement. So I, I spent one additional year of my training in, in Swedish Heart and Vascular Institute in Seattle, which is a very high volume for structural heart procedure. And when opportunity like this came to me when I was in, in Seattle in Washington State, I said, sure, I'll be happy to go back to Iowa. In fact, I'm considering myself Iowan. Yeah, well, we're, we, we're proud of you that you're an Iowan. We consider you an Iowan. Um, so how, if I'm a patient, I'm on chronic AFib. I'm either on one of the new agents or I'm on warfarin. What should I say to my doctor about how do I go about getting referred to you to be evaluated for this procedure? So my clinic is open for any patient that has any interest to discuss any sort of structural heart disease procedure that can be helpful to. 
most of the time, although I have turned down some patient after I discuss this with them, I usually spend 40 minutes to one hour to discuss this because this is a big deal of a procedure. We don't want to be overusing the technology and sometime overusing the new technology is not helpful for the patient. We are trying to do what is absolutely necessary. Uh, most of the time, most of the time, if, if somebody has an atrial fibrillation or bladder, and they have, we have some risk that their risk of a stroke is high, and their risk of bleeding is high too, then we explore the route of the left atrial appendage closure, either with the watchman device or with the other different device. And uh, but predominantly, predominantly, I consider this one for somebody who is intolerant of the oral anticoagulation meaning the blood thinner most of the time because of the bleeding issue. But I see sometimes few patients and they will come to discuss with me that they don't like to be on a blood thinner, period. I try to explain it to them that this is an invasive procedure involving the heart and putting a volume body inside the heart. So there should be some sort of thoughtful consideration before going that route. And some of them, I convinced them to remain on the blood thinner because they never had any issue with the blood thinner. Right. Some, some of them, they just don't want to be in a blood thinner. And they, they could rightly be evaluated for the device because studies have shown, and including large clinic, clinical trial have shown that the device is at least as good as, or is not, is not inferior, meaning it's not having a lower quality to decrease the risk of stroke in comparison to the blood thinner. But... Myself, I consider the blood thinner is the standard of care, and I, 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 I'm happy always to explore the potential of the device, but in the right patient, in the right indication, and most of the time, the right indication are somebody is not tolerating the blood thinner due to bleeding problem. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's just a reflection of your uh, dedication and diligence that you go through that with them and choose the right patient for the right procedure. One last question, which I think, I don't know if we've asked you this before on previous, but why did you do cardiology? Good question. Well, since I got into the med school, I knew that I want to be a cardiologist. For, the, for simply the reason, in cardiology, we have the potential to cure some disease and to treat some disease and to, imp- most importantly, also to improve the quality of patient. Cardiology practice has been exploded recently due to the advances in clinical research and cutting-edge technology. I think we are helping more patients as a cardiologist. I don't want to say more than any other specialties, but given the fact that the most common cause of death in the United States and probably worldwide are cardiovascular disease, which is something we deal with, and there's a huge population of patients with cardiovascular disease that I think would be able to help them. And that's what makes me thinking about cardiology. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I've said this before. I think right now, cardiology is especially, it reminds me kind of when Apple technology kind of exploded, like right around 2000, where like it seemed like every month they were coming out with like a new device. Uh, I mean, just every day, you know, I hear about a new device. Uh, yeah, we did a podcast recently with Dr. Halal about the shockwave angioplasty and just you know it's just one thing after another it's pretty cool actually it's amazing yeah thank you so much for taking time to talk about atrial fibrillation and left atrial appendage closure again this is dr arif bin abdullah 
interventional cardiologist and medical director of St. Luke's Structural Heart Disease Program. For more information about St. Luke's heart care, visit unipoint.org backslash CR Heart Hospital, or you can always call 319-364-7101. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.